Welcome back to Get Cute. It's Jocelyn. Don't mind my voice. I've uh, been drinking uh, and had very late nights the past couple of nights. Um, so don't mind it. It's just a little hoarse. Uh, but let's go ahead and take care of the housekeeping for the podcast right off the top. Now, the contest. The contest is still ongoing and will be going on until the end of September. So you still have time uh, to compete in it. What contest, you ask? Well, um, <laughs> the contest where if you leave me proof that you have left me a five-star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to this wonderful little piece of production, that I will send you an amazing software engineering bundle, um, essentially if you are starting out uh, interviewing. Um, things that have helped me on my journey and uh, I felt like giving back to y'all. So just go ahead and do it. It has books. It has my favorite productivity planner. It's fun. It's free. And all you need to do is screenshot, tweet at me, um, at Get Cute Podcast. Don't tweet at my personal account because chances are I won't see it. And then use the hashtag Get Cute Giveaway and Get Cute is G-I-T-C-U-T-E Giveaway. Um, Because that just makes it easier for me to put them all in one place and be able to randomize everything so far only two people have done it and um I mean that's great odds for them um and that's really nice there's also people that have been leaving me reviews without entering the contest that's also nice and that is also fair you do not have to enter if you don't want to um however just go do it if uh it's something that you would be interested in because I do want to give out give back it literally takes two minutes to so go go forth and review spread the love uh so stickers pins shirts i'm still in the process of finishing those designs for y'all but i do think that i should have one design finalized and i should have the first product mock-ups within a few weeks i'm gonna say three to four weeks Um, maybe extend that out to six weeks because we know that does take a while and with covid um it may take even longer um so stay tuned. I believe that the first launch will all be the same design for the stickers, the pins, and the shirts. And I will make sure that the stickers are uh, ginormous this time, I promise. And, uh, oh, I hope that if you celebrated Labor Day weekend, I hope that you had a great socially distanced Labor Day weekend. Um, I am actually recording this on Labor Day because I decided to take that Sunday completely to myself. Um, Now that I'm working again, it's going to be very rare that a Sunday is going to be actually relaxing and not uh, just getting prepped up for Monday and the rest of the week. So yeah, I think I think I I think that's it, y'all. So um, now onward to the material that you are really here for. And yes, I know the title is kind of clickbaity. Uh, I've just noticed in my views and my downloads that y'all really like listening to advice from a senior software engineer. So I'm just going to keep throwing it out there. You know, I feel like um, once people know that you're a senior software engineer, then all of a sudden your your advice is valid, uh, as um, ridiculous as that is. I like views, and I also like making money off this podcast. So we're doing the thing. This episode idea about understanding application deployment actually came from an email from a listener, uh, Star B. So hi, Star. Thank you so much for emailing me. And 
and it's really awesome that you did. Star is a QA engineer, and they were wondering, what the hell is up with actual application deployment? Um, I'm actually going to read their email in full because it made me happy, and uh, yeah. Hi, happy Monday. This was last Monday, by the way. Where can I find a guide on how to deploy? I'm a QA resource, and it's atypical, but it's what my team wants. We're using GitLab, but intermingle Git commands in a terminal, slash IntelliJ, Kubernetes, et cetera, during deployment. The process seems abstract for someone without foundation knowledge. Is there guidance somewhere? So Star is completely right. The process of deployment is very abstract because it largely depends on your team and company and then also comes down to what you're deploying. Although there are standards that most of the community tends to lean toward, um, the answer to the question is quite verbose and because there's a lot of different factors that go into, into deployment. It is also interesting to me because as someone that has been an enterprise developer for most of her career, I never thought of teaching newcomers about development or anybody that's not hands-on in the development process, even though it's absolutely something that I didn't understand and couldn't fully comprehend until I had a job where that is literally all I was doing for seven months straight was um, deploying and coming up with pipelines and such. And even then, when you switch teams, companies, hell, even when you're switching applications within your same team, the process can be quite new or complicated depending on if the pipeline is developer-maintained or if you have a dedicated DevOps team to help you with these things with their own standards. So let's go ahead and answer Star's important question. And Star, I really do hope this helps. The sources are going to be me. Me, I'm literally just pulling these things from the recesses of my mind. First of all, you're welcome, but also feel free to Google certain things that I am going to be talking about. Um, I will try to stop and explain certain phrases that you may or may not have heard before, but it's really important that you just give this um, really good listen, a brief overview, because if I went in, down into the nitty gritty of how to actually deploy an application, it, this, it would be hours long, and honestly, I don't have hours. <laughs> no one wants to listen to me for hours because apparently my build a PC episode didn't do that well. Well, actually, it did well. Let me stop. I'm being ridiculous. So also a heads up, I have the most experience in enterprise Java development. So any examples that I will be giving will be with Java or Java-related, usually Java-related applications. So everything past like artifact deployment will be language agnostic. Are you teaching yourself a new language or framework or maybe just being stuck inside has you bored? edX can help. edX is a centralized platform that gives you access to over 2,500 plus online courses from 140 leading institutions such as Harvard University, MIT, University of California, Berkeley, and tech powerhouses like Microsoft and IBM. I have personally enrolled in the Web Programming with Python and JavaScript course from Harvard because it's always great to refresh your skills when you're not using them in your day to day. The best part is that there are other people taking the class with you so you don't have to grind through the courses alone. For Get Cute listeners, edX has given you a discount to use the service and you can choose to use the discount now or later. To take advantage of edX discount, go to edX.org forward slash cute. Again, edX.org forward slash cute. 
Deployment for me personally starts before you actually even have an application that is wholly prepared to be sent to production. It starts with how you organize your code, how you test your code, your repositories as well. I am a huge fan of Gitflow. I haven't really run into anybody that hasn't been a huge fan of Gitflow. Um, Gitflow is the upstream process of how to take your code through various environment checks before it hits the live production application on site, and also how to um, push your code upstream in terms of branch and repo management. You may have been doing Gitflow and you didn't even know it, but it's very intuitive and actually makes things a lot better. It typically goes as follows, depending on either your personal preference or your team or companies. Um, it goes from your personal branch, pushed into dev, pushed into QA, pushed into staging, and then from staging into production. A pitfall for this is that technically your QA staging production environment should be running um, the same code to maintain quality for testing and bug catching, although that's not always the case. Sometimes lower environments may not be working. Usually QA and staging APIs seem uh, to be the ones that go down the most just from experience, and it's also some always something that's integral for you to use to actually use the environment. Or perhaps there are server patches that are going to be implemented or yada, yada, yada. There's tons of different factors. There could be someone that accidentally puts something to QA that they shouldn't have and it breaks it and they're testing things for their own application. It's just, it, it can be a lot, especially when you're in a large company, um, when you're working on separate features that push into a larger product. You can't always rely on your environments to be up to date um, or up even for manual testing. So a lot of that relies on you and it also relies on what type of testing suites that your team um, has actually written. Um, it will save you a lot of time, especially in the deployment process because you can actually use those testing suites to run um, automatically when you're pushing your code through environments so that way um, nothing well I, I won't say nothing so that there is a slimmer chance that something breaking would actually be pushed to production in enterprise engineering the process becomes more complex which I will cover but I also want to say that if you're shipping say a website there are platforms as a service that can help you manage and maintain an appropriate Git flow with intuitive UIs to keep it easy for you to manage. So I know a lot of this information may seem very overwhelming, but there are services out there that um, specialize in making this easier on you as a web developer or a developer of an application, um, anything really. One of those services that I used when I was at my other job when I was doing primarily DevOps was Pantheon, and they can be found at pantheon.io. Uh, Pantheon is great in the sense that you can spin up test environments from any branch to test your code before pushing it up the Git flow and toward production. It's really, really nice. I loved using Pantheon um, when I was there. It made everything so easy, especially when I was just doing like a little tweaking and say on like Drupal or WordPress sites um, would highly, highly recommend them. No, they are not sponsoring me, but Pantheon sponsor me. I just like them as a product. And uh, if you're doing anything solo or maybe you think it, you are working in a small shop and you think this would be beneficial, then by all means, go for it. Now, I mentioned organizing your code. Uh, this is really important because I am the believer that all of your code should be branches made of your master or your main branch. Um, now, thank you white people in the industry that are finally um, 
talking and taking uh, black people's uh, voices into consideration when uh, talking about the master branch. It's very performative because we've been talking about it for years, but I'm glad I'm glad that this year y'all decided to do the bare fucking minimum. Uh, so all branches should be made off of your main branch named with whatever ticket number you are assigned for said task or feature with a semi-detailed description of what the task or feature is. So why? Because if someone needs to roll back a specific update that you made, a, spe a specific commit, it is easier for the other person to track down and see exactly what you did and what the feature is because that isolates it and it doesn't make it so such a broad problem. Please apply this idea to commit messages as well. I am totally the person that will do hurry commits of like fixing such and such issue, but um, I will squash down my commits and make a very nice little package commit so people can understand what I'm doing. But I will leave the previous commit names in there just so people understand my frustration usually. Star mentioned two points about their company's personal deployment, that there are good commands in terminal or within their IDE, they specifically mentioned IntelliJ. It makes me believe that their deployment is very manual and manually usually means it's a pain in the ass, but it's understandable. Setting up an automatic deployment process, if no one on your team has a knowledge of how to do it, can be a time sink, and it's possible their company doesn't have the resources at the moment to allow a deep dive in education plus the time of building and testing the pipeline. Outside of pushing your code into your main branch of either your cloned repo, your team's main repo, or the direct repo, um, just a sidebar, I don't recommend this. Please clone the main repo to your team's repo and then clone your team's repo into your own. Please separate that. I'm just saying, let's avoid really bad things happening. Now, this is where we start getting into CI/CD, and if you do not know what CI/CD is, that is continuous integration and continuous deployment. I have recorded an entire episode about continuous integration and continuous deployment in season one, so I highly suggest going back to that episode to listen because I will only be going over small points here. I know that there are other applications that help with deployment, such as Circle CI, but I am a Jenkins ride or die fan because that's why I have worked with the most and what I know I have intermediate knowledge on and setting up a pipeline from scratch, including plugins and scripting and plugin management, et cetera, et cetera. So let's stick within the family of Jenkins. Let's say for the sake of brevity that your application is a Java application. Um, you already have your Java artifact that has been created and shipped to, uh, let's say, an S3 bucket on a AWS server, and it's waiting to be picked up and launched. Jenkins can do that for you. Jenkins has the ability to trigger its own job as soon as a new commit is pushed to a specific GitHub or GitLab, br GitLab branch, and thus starting your own deployment process. I'm going to be completely honest, though, for a lot of the things that I mentioned to work, there's going to be a lot of work that will have to happen here on your team's end, dealing mostly with scriptions, creating certain attributes, configurations for you to add in order to be compliant with security standards, and also to make sure that you're fetching your artifacts safely and pushing it to the appropriate environment safely as well. There are various checks that should be going into the step. Triggering your integration and component tests should be one of them if it's not being done manually. Credential checks to see if you have the appropriate access to your SC3 bucket. 
um, seeing if the artifact is actually there to copy, accessing your container, whether it be Docker, Kubernetes, whatever, et cetera. There are a lot of things surrounding that. And usually the more components that you have within your deployment, um, it's the more scripting and plugin management that you're going to have to do. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. Now, I shortened this episode for the sake of brevity, but I believe I have mainly covered the core components of a deployment cycle for you. And Star, I, I sincerely hope that, that that this is helping you and it's just um, a stepping stone to help you with your research. Take time to look at your unit component tests also within your application if you don't write them yourself. And if you don't, then ew, like what are you even doing? Uh, talk to people on your DevOps team to see what certain plugins, code, scripts you have access to to be able to look at your job configurations. And when I'm saying code, I'm not saying code that um, has already been written. Um, you should be able to have access to your repo to hopefully pull that down and be able to look at the code yourself if you have um, questions about how that's working or say, um, it's a Java application and you want to know like what's in the application.properties file in order to for Jenkins to talk to this in order to bypass it. There's a lot and I'm kind of getting into it. So I'm, I'm trying to stop myself. I really am. Uh, the most important thing out of all of this is to know that it is all right to ask questions to people on your team, to your manager, um, to anyone really. No one worth a lick of salt will make you feel bad for inquiring how the pipeline for your application works. Because that is showing initiative, it's showing that you care about the application and deployment. Perhaps you're even looking to maybe make something better. Um, literally no one, no one at all should make you feel bad for answering or asking questions rather. And I say Star and everyone else that has questions about that, by all means, fucking ask questions. Today's episode is also brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee Co. is a black LGBTQ plus affiliated and owned coffee business that is aimed at providing coffee to gamers and podcast owners like me. They have a great selection of flavors and also have variety packs in case you can't figure out what bean to choose. Visit grindingcoffee.co or click on the affiliate link in the show notes to use the code GETCUTE to receive a percentage off your order. Put your money in coffee where your mouth is. Support Black LGBTQ plus affiliate and own Grinding Coffee Co. Now back to the show. All right, I believe that is it. If you like this episode feel free to leave me a five-star comment and review on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this episode it will really help me out um if you have any questions comments or concerns just like star did feel free to email me at the get cute podcast at gmail.com because your question may be turned into an episode because i may feel like that there is more for you to expand upon on this subject that i can't really write in an email and is also helpful for other people um, you can feel free to follow me on social media. Uh, the Twitter is at Get Cute Podcast, and then my personal Twitter is at So and So's. I love interacting with people on Twitter usually, so go for it, go forth and add me. Since I already did all the other housekeeping stuff in the beginning of the episode, this is really the end, y'all. Uh, thank you so much for anyone who left me a review over the last week. I'm really appreciative, and. <laughs>